Hey. How are you? Hi. It's me, Vince. It's time for Atomic Radio Hour. Hello. It's episode 187. How are you? I hope you're well. You look good. How, are, how, 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 how have things been for you? I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. A little bit different. I've never actually like watched a full-on silent movie that I can recall. Um... I don't know why I know it's half black and white, half color, but like I always kind of loop The Wizard of Oz into being like a silent movie when I know it's not. Either way, this is more of a regularly scheduled program. Um, it's going to probably be a little shorter. I'll be completely honest with you. I've, I haven't been in a great headspace as of late. Um, just, you know, going through some stuff. You know, every average, it's also like, it's the winter time, so it's just like, you have to hit your quota of days being sad because the sun rises at 8 and goes down at 3 in the afternoon. So, you know, um, but the reason why I gave you the shorter episode, the movie review, last week is because I flew home to visit uh, my brother. And, uh, the re- I mean, not just him, but the rest of my family, a bunch of friends that I haven't seen in a while. Uh, we talk on the phone every now and again, but, you know, nothing beats meeting up and having dinner with somebody. Um, so, yeah, I flew home. I got to see Kyle. Kyle actually, hold on. Kyle actually gave me this. He gave me a, a PS3 copy of Fallout 3. So now I officially have... One for the 360. Sorry, I'm looking at the shelf. Behind me will be the shelf where the games are. I have a version for the 360. One, two, three versions for the PC. Two of the DLC packs. I'm only missing one of the physical DLC packs. And I'm pretty sure it's Zeta. And that's going to be a pain in the ass to find. I have the three, the, the remake remaster Fallout 3 Game of the Year edition for the one and the Series X and whatnot. Um, and now I have this one. And then I guess now that I have pretty much every c- version of Fallout 3 supported HD output 480 and 720. Hell yeah, baby girl. Uh, now that I have every kind of like base version outside of like the P- the PS3 and the 360 game of the year editions, the original ones. It, I don't know if they have a PC one. I guess it's time to start moving on to other languages. <laughs> uh, I kind of want a German. If anybody is in like the Netherlands and has a copy, I'll pay if you ship it to me. Um, if, if it's in like, a, if it's in a different language, that's the thing. Like if it says Fallout 3 on it, like I don't necessarily want it because I already have it, but like, ah, maybe I do want it because the back will be in a different language, like a German version, like what's like Ichbin Fallout or whatever. Oh, I am a jelly donut or some shit. Just, you know, I, I, I then I'm going to go on to New Vegas copies. I think one is enough for, <laughs> for Fallout 4, but uh, yeah, Papa gave me this. It was very nice of him. So like I was saying, I went home, I surprised my brother, I surprised my family. It was nice. Uh, I meant to fly out on a certain day and thought I had everything situated. And I was talking to uh, my mom on the phone because she was the one who's going to get me from the airport. It was like the night before or the night before I thought I was leaving. And I'm talking to her going, yeah, all right, I'll meet you at the airport. We'll do this. Just thought, let's get this all out of the way right now instead of calling her like the day of. And I'm checking my itinerary and, it, and I've realized like as I'm telling her this, I'm supposed to get on a plane within like four hours of me telling her. And I'm like, I guess I'm coming home a day early, which was nice because like, I went to work and then came home and edited the episode 
publish the episode and like before the episode was even up on youtube or uh the the podcast service i use i was like i have to leave right now and uh finish the upload threw everything that i needed in a bag forgot half of the stuff I took some stuff home, but yeah, I got some stuff, brought some stuff home, did what I had to do. Uh, I had some sushi. Uh, my brother tried to help me eat me in sushi. It's never going to happen. He put up a good fight though, but it's never going to happen. He also will eat like the regular stuff. And I'm just like, give me the raw quail eggs. Like I want the weird stuff. Give me the eel. Eel's not really weird, but like, I want the stuff that the white people aren't eating. Like I, like if I see sushi, it's got like mayo on it. I'm like, it tastes good. It's not worth $13. But it's not like traditional because I'm a, I'm that kind of a person. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. And then I, I got there. I got to spend a day early. So I got to like sit around and sleep and kind of catch up because, I mean, I'm going two hours ahead in the future, but I'm also like two hours back because of the time zones. I was going on East Coast time and, you know, whatever. BS. Blah, 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 blah. But that day to just like sit around and chill and like take a nap was nice. Like eat dinner with my family. And then I got to go and like, I went to my old high school, which I probably should have waited till next year or wait, no, two years because then I'm out of high school, 10 years. But you know, there was a couple teachers that I wanted to say, Hey, to. I got to see young Heather, who was a guest on one of the early episodes way back in the day. I want to say like 30 something, but maybe even before that, um, she's well, she says, hello. It was nice. It was a nice time to be had. Thanks for being here. All right. <sighs> There's some stuff we got to talk about real quick. Microsoft buys Blizzard and Activision for like seven billion, seventy billion, right? And everyone's going, "Oh, what's what's Sony going to do? What's Sony going to do?" And everyone's saying Sony's going to buy Capcom or Konami or Square Enix. Is it Enix or Enix? And then out of nowhere, they buy Bungie <laughs> for like four billion, right? And that's cool, I guess. Uh, Bungie made the, fir- the the best Halo, in my opinion, and then stopped after Reach. And that's like the other really good one. <laughs> and it's just so weird to know that now Bungie is owned by PlayStation because for me, forever, even like now, I think forever, pretty much, I'm just going to be one of those like old head guys that just like, I'm trying to think, like still calls, still calls like AT&T singular. Which I know it was like AT&T singular back to AT&T. But like when I had an AT&T phone, it was singular. So like every once in a while, I, I think sing it, whatever. Um, like Bungie is a Microsoft thing. Like it's always like a, like a joint thing because they made Halo. Like it's just I played a lot of Halo 3 and that's what I think of when I think of Bungie. And it's just wild to think that like Bungie made Marathon and a couple other games on PC and Mac. And then all of a sudden it was like, here's Halo. And then that dominated until they made Destiny. So if like you're going to sit there and be like, Bungie has made a slew of great games all the way up until 2001. And then never again do they ever make another game until they made Destiny, which I think came out in like, I think the beta for the first Destiny was like 2014. Because I remember playing like an hour and a half of it and then never touching it again. I was just busy. I don't remember why. Um... But now they make that. So it's like now PlayStation has a shooter, but the rival shooter is just like a carb. I don't want to say carbon copy, but it feels like a clone of Halo. 
I don't know. And it's also like they only make the one game. And yes, you have studios like Naughty Dog that were like, we're a one game studio because they were doing just Uncharted and they were doing Last of Us. But now that both of those are kind of over for the foreseeable future, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to work on? And just is it just now like, okay, now we just have if you want to play, I doubt they're going to do it. It's Sony and they're the old man. It's like Nintendo and Sony are the old men in the room and don't understand the current generation and these young whippersnappers. But like, I just don't see, I don't know. I don't see them. I, I, don't, I can't see them put, saying, okay, only uh, Destiny will be on PlayStation. I just don't see that. But what do you know? I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I think it's wild. I don't think it's super necessary. Um, Kyle sent me a tweet that there are more acquisitions to come. I don't know. I don't. Like, I don't. Who else are you going to buy? If they buy Capcom, maybe the next Street Fighter won't be ass because Street Fighter 5? Yeah, Street Fighter 5 was awful. Maybe they'll start making Mega Man again. If they if they buy uh, Kojima, that would be great. But I doubt that's going to happen because they just put Death Stranding on Xbox. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. It seems super weird and like wild, but at the same time, really lackluster that now Sony owns Bungie, at least for me. But like I said, I don't play Destiny. And the only other, I mean, the the other Bungie games that I loved stopped coming out in 2010. So I don't know. I want to know what what you guys think. Leave a, leave a comment or join the discord below and talk to Kyle. Cause I feel like if anybody's going to know what they're talking about with this, it's Papa. Uh, <laughs> I really want Rockstar to get bought out. Like I keep bringing this up, but like the the two guys are gone. The Hauser brothers, I believe they they were. I believe they were brothers. They've left Rockstar at this point, and I think Red Dead Two is going to be like the last real Rockstar game. Even though I didn't like that game, it didn't feel like a Rockstar game to me per se. I mean, it does and it doesn't. I really want to see Bully 2. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about everything I have to say for news-wise. I don't, news-wise, I don't feel like anything else crazy happened. Oh, you can get like Discord on your PlayStation. I haven't done it yet, but you could do it, which even more reason to join the Discord. So other than that, I'd like to get into this lore. We have a big one today, a nice fun one, one that I've been wanting to do for a while. Before I do that, I have to thank the Patreon. Thank you to the Patreon. Because of you guys, I continue to do this. Uh, I say it every week. You're loved and appreciated. And I love that you guys listen. I love that you guys support. Um, don't don't be deterred if you are a patron or not to join the Discord or message me on Twitter or wherever and give me any sort of feedback. All feedback is appreciated. But let me thank the Patreon real quick. First off, I have to thank Noah, the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After that, I have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny is Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. And last but certainly not least is TP. Thank you, TP. I hope you guys are doing well. Again, thank you for your support, your love, your generosity. I uh, love doing this. So thank you. All right, to the lore. This week, uh, there's been this constant talk of, <laughs> of NFTs and... Uh, just money laundering schemes in Minecraft. I feel like I have to say that in case somebody comes after me. I doubt they will, but you never know. And a big thing that I've noticed with NFTs is that they're all ugly. None of them have been good. There's been a couple, like I said, I I found the Doom ones and they were kind of cool, but they were just kind of GIFs or GIFs. And they were just kind of like, and that was it. Um, 
but like Mike Tyson, there's a picture of Mike Tyson's iron pigeons right here. That's cool. Greatest boxer to ever live, making NFTs, smoking hella weed. So I said in the in the Discord, whoever finds the ugliest NFT gets to pick lore this week. And the winner this week was Mr. Tom Flood, all the way out in the UK. So if you want to hear any lore whatsoever, make sure you join the Discord. There will be a question post there once a week, either Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, where I will say, I will ask, hey, what's this? What's that? Whoever gets the, the question right gets to pick lore for this week and this week's lore is on rivet city from fallout 3 prior to the great war the ship that would become rivet city was a dry docked aircraft carrier since the great war the bow section has crumbled into the potomac river thus mire lurks have taken refuge in the bow that has crumbled Around 2237 members of the naval research institute and its leader horace Pinkerton needed new lab space. Uh, after clearing out the Mirelurks, they then created the Rivet Station Science Outpost. Now, this is something that, like, I've played a ton of Fallout 3. I've talked about it a billion times here. I didn't know a lot of this. This kind of went under the radar, I guess, because I've only really ever done the replicated man quest a handful of times, if that. Uh, I just don't remember a lot of this. I just remember like, oh, the lab's there and this is that and that's this and what, whatever, whatever. They would use this lab for years to come. Now, in April of 2239, a small civilian settlement started to gather in the, in the station. So it doesn't really say what the station is. I'm assuming it's like when you first come in off of the bridge from Rivet City. And on April 25th of 2239, Pinkerton, Annette Holmes, and Brad Danvers established the river, established Rivet City to grow and protect this new civilization. Now, I'm going to get into kind of what I feel like the history of Rivet City should be going forth. But just follow me. Pinkerton... Uh, Annette Holmes and Brad Danvers developed a three-person council, one for science, is that it was, that's where Pinkerton went, uh, one for civilians, and one for security. I believe, and I don't have it written down, I should, uh, Danvers went to security. Um, let me just double check. Danvers went to security because Danvers' daughter, Lana, and Harkness trained the security guards for the city. Pinkerton held his spot as the science council officer or the council science officer until 2285 when Madison Lee took over the position after the abandonment of Project Purity. Lee took the team from Pinkerton, so the entire science team was adopted by Lee so they could work on Project Purity. Now, this, this pissed off, this infuriated uh, Pinkerton so much that he exiled himself from the ship and now he's in that broken off part when I was streaming Fallout 3 which it'll come back someday when I was streaming Fallout 3 I was trying to get to the I was trying to get a hundred lockpick so I could do this quest properly and go talk to Pinkerton uh, there was another reason why I was doing it and I don't oh because Framke was uh, 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 aquaphobic so I, we couldn't swim to do the quest we had to go around to do it he took refuge in the broken off bow. He thought Project Purity was a pipe dream and they should have focused on more, uh, more on Rivet City's defenses and to make Rivet City seaworthy. I think the idea of a floatable, movable city that can, after, especially after the events of Fallout 3, could really, really help. And I'm going to get into that afterwards. 
In 2277, residents all live in their own quarters, and Rivet City has a bar, a clinic, a hotel, an American history museum, a science lab, a church, a restaurant, and even a shopping area. So it's really become this modernized place. And yeah, it sucks that the guy who was trying to make this like a utopian floating city of wonder just can't. But also, like, I'll get into this later. They have non-irradiated food. They have an economy that they've built. They have kind of just, I don't want to say utopia, but it's its my favorite settlement in Fallout 3 because it feels so lived in. And I guess that kind of feels like that because of the fact that it's a ship that people live in and it's rusted and dilapidated and kind of settled. But like, it just, it feels very homey. One, if not the only places in the Capital Wasteland to offer non-irradiated food, any scientific advancement is due to the aggressive strategy of anything useful is to be brought back to the lab. And I think that's really cool because it's very early brotherhood of that's technology that belongs to me. If you get in my way, I will kill you. Like, I really, really like that. And it works. Tremendously, especially when Lee is in charge. They have a great relationship set up with traders due to voting down. So everything with this council is done by votes. Uh, voting down propositions to imply a bridge tax. So if you wanted to come onto the building, you had to pay a tax, which is a great thing that they got rid of because people can come and go and it's more free. And like, imagine having to pay, say, 20 caps just to go to the Muddy Rudder or just to see Flack and Shrapnel. I mean, yeah, they could say, oh, we can charge a high premium and that'll be great for them. But then people can't use the boat as refuge. If you're in the DC area, get lost. There's super beans, there's feral ghouls, there's mire lurks. Something is chasing you. Well, the boat's over there and people live there and it's safe. And they've also voted down the proposition to put a 50% increase on the exporting of fresh goods. So they're making money by putting out caravans of fresh potatoes, fresh carrots, tomatoes, apples, oranges, plums, peaches. I don't know if they're growing any of this, but I remember finding fresh carrots and potatoes and maybe tomatoes in Rivet City a long ass time ago. They also vote down the proposition to recruit scientists from Ten Petty and Underworld. Now, this I thought was interesting because I wonder if how much Lee has control over. I mean, it's it's a third of a vote. It's thirty three percent of the council. So, I wonder if she's just like we don't need anybody else, or if she's just like let me do this. I don't want egos in the way, and I know I could run a tight ship. Pun somewhat intended. Uh, Lana Danvers and Harkness also train all of the security. Many citizens of Rivet City suffer, suffer from respiratory problems due to the buildup of rust. The ship also needs constant maintenance because it's a ship. If, if there's two things that need constant maintenance, it's three things that need constant maintenance. is a house, a baby, and a ship. There are also a social class system conflict between the hangar deck and the upper deck citizens. Just like anything else, once you get people that are working with their hands and people that aren't working with their hands or just whatever, just there's always going to be this person makes a little bit more than that person. People think they're better than everybody else. This is a, this is something that I think really could have been explored, like really, really explored. Uh, but it's not super, super in-depth, but the ideas are there and I appreciate it. It's not like, I mean, I say, I, I, I'm not going to, hide i'll say it new vegas would have been like here's a bunch of extra lore that's just thrown into it after 
the events of Project Purity, Rivet City became the first trading partner with the Brotherhood of Steel. In exchange for weapon and enclave tech, the Rivet City police force would guard water caravans in a way that the Brotherhood of Steel could not. So the Brotherhood, once, once the fresh water is being developed and bottled and sent out, the Brotherhood wants to give it out for free, which is great. Everybody needs water to live. It should be free. You should have access to clean drinking water. But the Brotherhood can't send troops out, and I don't think people would honestly take water from giant 10-foot metal men. Giant 10-foot metal monks. The Rivet City Police Department or police force is is helping out with this. At first, it was great uh, until the Rivet City Police Force was stretched way too thin, especially after raiders became more organized to ambush these caravans. At one point, only every one in four were actually coming back from Rivet City. This drained not only the resources and water, but also all of the men that they had. This made the police force question Lyon's judgment in giving away the water out for free. I think there's a lot of fun things that could that could be explored post Fallout 3 that I have a feeling we could see something like this in the Fallout show, which I'm going to get into in a minute. But let's just go to the wiki. I get all of my lore from fallout.fandom.com. Rivet City has some of the best loot. Just like, I'll just say it real quick. The intelligence bobblehead is here. You get the rocket launcher schematics here. Uh, there is also A3-21's plasma rifle, one of the best guns in the entire game. I had a friend who, every time he booted up Fallout 3 as a new save, went to Rivet City, got that gun, and then started playing. Like, that was his routine. There's a ton of quests here, too. Rivet City has no holding facilities for criminals and zero tolerance for crime. Staying in the marketplace after hours can cause the guards to become hostile. Many citizens and security guards will comment about a citizen dying from drinking river water and then comment that the city's water isn't any better. One can overhear some non-player characters talk about a child falling off the deck. I don't remember that. There is a baseball diamond set up on the flight deck that, that James Hargrave and C.J. Young use. If one is caught killing or enslaving anyone from Rivet City upon re-entry, the guards have a unique diet have unique dialogue regarding their actions. If one inserts modified FEV virus into the pro into Project Purity, Rivet City appears in the ending with casualties, but upon returning, none are present. Hmm. Pre-war fighter jets have fallen off the bow of the non-city area of the aircraft carrier. Some can still be seen on the flight deck in the, if the player character chooses to visit from the front of the ship. Paladin Dance mentions opening his own junk stand in Rivet City when he was younger. It was at a time when he befriended a man named Cutler. And together, the two scraped by as traitors. They later joined up with the Brotherhood of Steel when they made... A recruitment run through Rivet City. I don't remember ever hearing that. Cool. That's Rivet City. Probably my favorite settlement. Uh, maybe in the entire series. Uh, but it's definitely up there. My favorite from 3 without a doubt. But one that I could see being something huge. That's lore. Now that we're out of lore, real quick. I thought of this actually while I was taking the notes. So I don't have anything written. I don't have a script written down. But let's just say... Pinkerton sees. This is another pitch for the Fallout show, an idea, if you will. Let's just say Pinkerton kind of gets over that he's not in charge and sees what the Brotherhood does and did and at the time. And let's just say, because he has control of Rivet City, he takes some of the fresh water, maybe even buys it. 
after he gets Rivet City up and running and can move the ship and go from place to place and sell fresh water. I don't really have an idea for this other than it made me think of the uh, PMV Valdez from Fallout 2. But I think that one just kind of sits there. I don't think it moves. I could be wrong. Like I said, I don't know much. I, don't, I haven't played Fallout 2. I don't know much about the idiosyncratic parts, but I'm pretty sure. No, I think you do move it because you take the PMV Valdez to the oil rig. Anyway, think about how cool this could be of like a city that's on the water and it floats. And there's like like other civilizations outside of the U.S. are like this, this land, this piece of land came to us and offered us education water food medicine there could be like an entire religion in like south america based on i had this whole idea for a tribe called the tortugas um that they they used uh turtle shells like a rate like the turtles had irradiated and become huge and they used the turtle shells as not only armor but weapons so they had like axes throwing axes spears swords shields made out of tortuga shells because in spanish tortuga is uh, turtle. So I don't know. It was just like, like this tribe in like South America sees this come up and they're like, this is what our prophecy has been. Or you can go to London and see what's going on with their teeth. I'm sorry. UK. And like, you know, go to other places and see what else is going on in the world. Go to Ronto, go to parts of Canada, go to Alaska, go to Hawaii, go to Cuba. Um, Every other country, the 200 other countries that I could just say out loud. It's a neat idea. I could see them implementing this somehow into the show. I don't know where they would find gasoline to move the ship unless they could do something with solar power, unless they could do something with like manpower where like it's electric or something where they're on bikes and they're trying to kind of generate enough power to move the ship. But I could see this being an idea that pops up in the show super late, like season four, season five. I don't think it's going to get more than about five or six seasons. I don't think this is going to be a walking dead situation where it's like 12 seasons. And let's see like who's still watching. I have a feeling it's going to be, it's either going to be great or it's going to be okay to begin with, or it's going to be awful. Like I know that's like, well, what else is it going to be? But like, it's either going to blow everybody away or it's going to suck. And I have a feeling I'm going to kind of honestly just be in the middle of being like, it's not what I want, but it's okay. This is something I could see. Let me know what you think. Again, I want some. I want to talk to you guys. I want to know how you're doing, how you're feeling, how you're smelling. Hoo-hoo. Ha-ha. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's about it for this episode. Thank you for being here. Uh, if you want, you can follow me. There's links to my Twitter, Kyle's Twitter, show's Twitter, the Discord. Please join the Discord. If you like the intro music, it's by Shane Ivers. It's called Feather Dust. You can get all of his music at silvermansounds.com slash free music. Uh, if you want slash feather duster, if not, he's got hundreds of songs up there that all smack. Check them out. Ba-bow. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you to the Patreon. If you want to support in another way, you can always check out the Redbubble by design. Some fun stuff is there. I hope you're well. I hope you're safe. Call somebody you love. Thank you for being here. I will see you next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you later. Bye. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast A Gulman Entertainment Production